I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a wonderful Saturday evening as the Iowa Hawkeyes have won in the NCAA tournament and advanced to the round of 32 with an 86-74 win over Grand Canyon and just what was a uh, a nice, solid, workmanlike win for the Hawkeyes. They looked good uh, for the most part uh, in every facet. The defense left some things to be uh, fixed before Monday's game against Oregon. But Iowa had an 11-point lead at half, cruised to essentially a 12-point lead, um, and looked good doing it for the most part. I mean, you saw the things you wanted to see, I think, if you're a Hawkeye fan. You saw Luka Gar- uh on fire from three-point land. You saw Joe Wieskamp play well, be aggressive, uh, solid from the line. Not great shooting night, but good scoring night, good rebounding night. You saw Jordan Bohannon hit some big shots, hit some good shots, look confident, feel good. You saw Keegan Murray, uh, you know, anybody who nationally who hasn't been paying attention to Iowa closely or Big Ten basketball closely uh, got a nice little introduction to Keegan Murray and the things that he brings to this team, things that he brings to the table as a freshman. And just a solid, again, just a solid overall nice win for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Fran McCaffrey's... What now? Third win in the NCAA tournament uh, as an Iowa coach, and now you gear up for Oregon. Um, Oregon has advanced to the round of 32 because VCU was hit with COVID, and so the first team to drop out of this tournament because of COVID is VCU and Oregon. The seven seed moves on to Monday's game. We'll do a. Uh, a time and place for that game here at the end of the night. I was excited to watch VCU Oregon and, and kind of size up Iowa's next opponent. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Oregon this year. I know a little bit about them. I know they're not very big, but I know they can shoot and I know they're athletic. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how kind of how this matchup uh, plays out, and we'll we'll certainly get into it more as the uh, the days move forward here into Monday's. I'm guessing Monday evening's game. I would assume it's an evening game on Monday. I hope it's an evening game on Monday. Again, though, just a good win for the Hawkeyes here, 86-74. Uh, and you just feel good. You you wanted to see this come out, this team come out and play well. There were a handful of things I wanted to see in this game. And for the most part, you checked all the boxes. Now, again, it wasn't perfect. Uh, the defense could have been better, certainly down the stretch. But... You know, how much of that do you chalk up to Iowa 
you know, essentially had a double-digit lead for most of the game to Grand Canyon, kind of seeing its season coming to an end and the extra, you know, whatever that gives to a team in the tournament. It, it wasn't perfect. There's still some things to work on, but I like the way this Iowa team is playing, and it's good to see that team come out and uh, and win a first-round game here uh, in, Indiana, in Indiana. We'll go through the uh, box score and some of the team scores, and then uh, we'll, of course, get to the biggest news of the day, maybe, the Hawkeye wrestling team bringing home another national championship. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mentioned Luca Garza. Of course, he's where you start with Iowa. He had 24 points. I think I saw it was his 21st 20 or more point game of this season. Just incredible. Uh, six rebounds for Garza, a couple steals, a block, an assist, and three fouls. He had two fouls in the first half and didn't play the the last uh, five or six minutes of the first half. But Garza was four or five from three-point land. And if he's stroking it like that, I don't know how you stop him. I was just 10 to 22 uh, as a team. But he was shooting well from out there. Nine of 16 from the floor. Didn't play great defense on Grand Canyon's big guys. But again, Oregon, who's Iowa's next opponent, is small. It'll be interesting to see kind of how Luca Garza is able to take advantage of that on Monday. Joe Wieskamp, aggressive, played well. Didn't shoot great. 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 4 from the three-point line. But got to the line a lot, the free throw line. 9 of 10 from there. And that's really nice to see because inexplicably, He's been down there this year. He he hasn't shot well from the free throw line. And for a guy who has such a pretty shot, who can hit it from anywhere, it's kind of crazy to see him miss free throws. But that wasn't the case tonight. Played really well. Eight rebounds, five assists for Joe Wieskamp. So uh, even though he wasn't shooting the ball that well, <clears throat> certainly made himself valuable and looked good. I mean, he looked good last weekend in the Big Ten tournament, but I think there's still kind of that question mark about the ankle injury he sustained in the regular season finale against Wisconsin. And he looked good tonight. He looks like he's healthy. He looks ready to go. And he looks like the type of guy who's going to, you know, make enough of an impact to um, probably turn pro after his junior season here at Iowa. Jordan Bohr points. He was a 3 of 5 from behind the line. So now he's, what, within 10, I think, of John Diebler and the all-time Big Ten three-point record. Uh, would need 11 to break that. And hopefully he has enough games to do it. I guess we'll find out. But he had uh, he had four rebounds. Bohannon did a couple of assists. And, you know, had a couple of ugly turnovers and some questionable defense at times. But he played well. It was good to see him. CJ Frederick, seven points. Didn't shoot a lot. Hasn't been shooting a lot. 2 of 5 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3-point land, 3 of 5 from the floor. Didn't fill up the stat sheet either, but just kind of a solid, good presence and and good defense out there for C.J. Frederick. The story off the bench, as has been most of the season, one of everybody's favorite stories this season is Keegan Murray, 13 points, 
seven rebounds, three assists, four blocks, one steal, no turnovers, six of 11 from the field, but four of those misses were from behind three-point land, and part of that was because they were leaving him open there. He hit one, missed four, but four of his five misses on the day were from three-point land, and they were open shots. They weren't bad shots. He's just so solid and so confident and so smooth and so steady. It's just so much it's been so much fun to watch him. I don't even I hesitate to even say like grown up before our eyes because that would impl- imply that at some point this season he didn't seem grown up. Gro- grown up. I'm talking to like my 5-year-old. I've had a couple of beers. <laughs> he didn't seem like he was grown up at some point, but that that's not the case. He's been like this all season long. So I don't want to say he grew up before our eyes this season, but he's been just maybe the the biggest bright spot on this team because he's just a freshman. He's got a twin brother who you can't wait to see get some more time, get some more minutes. The future looks bright looks bright with guys like Keegan Murray, Patrick McCaffrey, Joe Toussaint, Tony Perkins, all guys who who played and scored. Those are your four bench guys right there. Patrick was six points. And just, I love his game, man. When when things are slowing down enough for him to score, he's just his throwback offensive game that it's really, really fun to watch. Joe Toussaint, five points, a couple of assists, a rebound, just one turnover for Joe. He played good, played well. My grammar gets all messed up apparently here. And then Tony Perkins just played a handful of minutes, got two points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. Um, and again, just a, a nice overall team effort. The nitpicky thing, if you want to, is is defense. But Iowa scored more points on Grand Canyon than anybody had all season. And it looked good doing it. If you are a gambler and you had Iowa minus 14.5, I'm sorry. I'm with you. Uh, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. On the night, Iowa shot 53% from the field, 45%, 10 to 22 from three-point line. 75% from the free throw line, and that's where you like to see them, 18 to 24 there. Got out rebounded, and that's that's another kind of nitpicky. Well, it's not nitpicky. It's an issue. Offensive rebounds are an issue. Now, Grand Canyon was able to, to stack two big guys in there and really put some pressure on Garza um, and and all of Iowa's you know, defensive rebounding um, capabilities. 18 offensive rebounds for the Antelopes. That's too big of a number. It'll be interesting to see if Iowa can limit that against a smaller Oregon team and will obviously need to limit that as they move forward. USC's got a good big guy. Kansas will be good at that as well if you get past Oregon. Those are the teams uh, you're looking at because Kansas survived today um, and USC did as well. They beat Drake uh, this afternoon. Assists, Iowa had 17 on 29 made baskets. That's a pretty good number. Just six turnovers for the Hawkeyes. Now, they only four, seven, but six turnovers is right where you want this team. Um, Largest lead was 19 for the Hawks. And again, I just don't know that there's a whole lot more to say about this game other than it was a textbook win. It was the kind of... uh, I came away with that saying that's... This team is playing well. They feel good. If they're playing like this, they can make the kind of run we hope they can make, which is, you know, two and Elite Eight and maybe beyond. We will see. 
So now up next is the Oregon Ducks. Monday at some point, we will find out later tonight when that game uh, is scheduled. But this is a good Oregon team, man. A lot of people, when they saw this draw, thought they were seeded worse than they should have been uh, as a seven seed. They had an ugly loss to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament. But guys, they've lost three games since the start of February. This is a good team I was going to play. They won six in a row before that loss to Oregon State and had won five in a row before that, before a loss to USC. And so, you know, it's just going to be interesting to kind of see, is it good that they didn't play tonight? Are they rested or are they rusty? You know, is is not having played yet going to hurt them? Um, will it help Iowa to have a game under their belt and kind of have the the jitters and the butterflies and all the things that come, I'm guessing, <laughs> I've never been there, but I'm guessing all these things that come with your uh, first NCAA tournament game of the season, especially kind of in this weird thing, um, in this weird bubble, in this weird world that we live in. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they come out. Are they going to start rusty? Are they going to be rested and, and ready to go? Oregon has five guys who score in double figures. They share the ball very well. Nobody scores more than 17 points a game. And a couple of guys who come off the bench and, and play quite a bit. But this is a, this is a good Oregon team. It's an athletic Oregon team. It's a team that can shoot well. But it's a team that doesn't really have a lot of size. Certainly not in its starting lineup. I think it's... Its biggest guy who starts is like six seven. Um, you know he's thick, and he'll certainly. He's been playing against big guys all season, right? That I'm not guess. I'm guessing that Luca Garza won't just be able to have his way any more than we're used to Luca Garza already always having his way. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I'll be honest, I'm just not the guy who's going to like break these games down uh, at that level. Let's move on to, to wrestling quickly. The Iowa Hawkeyes are your national champions. And I wish it could just stop there. Uh, in a lot of ways, it does just stop there. That's their 24th national championship, their first since 2010. Um, they came back this year after getting it stripped from them last year or the opportunity to win it stripped from them last year. I've said several times on, on this podcast and other places that I think Iowa wrestling was hurt by the pandemic as much or more than any team or program in the country um, because they were on their way to winning a national championship, their first in a decade, getting back to that mountaintop, and it was taken away from them. So great to see them go and put that away early today. They put that away before the championship matches even started, uh, and that's awesome. Less awesome is how they've been doing in those championship matches. Uh, a couple of tough losses. Jaden Ironman at 141. He lost in sudden victory. And then right before I started here, uh, Michael Kemmerer lost in sudden victory as well at 174. Still to go. Spencer Lee, he'll be the final match of the night as they started at 131 uh, based on the coin flip. So uh, he will be the final match. And... You know, you lose those those championship matches to Penn State, and it it doesn't put a damper on the NCAA championship. We're going to raise a 24th banner in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Tom Brands has brought Iowa back to the mountaintop where they rightfully belong in college wrestling. Would you have liked to see 
all three guys who made the finals win national championships, of course. I would love that for those guys. I mean, it sucks for those guys. But it sounds like they're going to run it back, man. All these guys can come back. It sounds like most of them will. And, you know, is this the the restart, the resetting, the re-upping of a dynasty? I certainly hope so. And I expect Spencer Lee to win tonight um, and get his third, get on his way to a fourth. And again, I'm sure that for those guys and for Tom Brands, it takes a little luster off it to not go four three and zero in these finals, but man, the way these other guys, the way Austin DeSanto wrestled this morning, you know, the way the guys who didn't have a chance to win a national championship wrestled back and got bonus points and did as well as they could, that's what put Iowa over the top this morning. That's what put it out of reach. That's why it didn't matter what happens tonight, and it matters obviously to, to those guys and again to the coaching staff and all of that, but. The bottom line is I was the the national champions, and you can't take that away. The drought is over. The 11-year drought. I love how spoiled we can be with one sport, you know, in a sport where it's been 11 years since we've won a national title, and it feels like a long time. Meanwhile, in basketball, it's been, what, 22, 23 years since we've even been to a Sweet 16, Uh, been 40 years since we've won a Big Ten championship regular season or been to a Final Four. Um, it's it's interesting. The Iowa women play tomorrow. Check that out. I think 11 a.m. is the tip time there. Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes are the five seed. And I think they have a legitimate chance to make a Sweet 16 run as well. You know, the haves and have-nots thing still exists in women's basketball, but that gap is closing. And Iowa is one of those programs helping to close that gap. Because of Lisa Bluter's recruiting and coaching and how well they've played. They had a really nice run of the Big Ten tournament last week. And I expect them to win tomorrow and give Kentucky a hell of a game um, on Tuesday, I guess it would be, to get to a Sweet 16. It'd be fun to have both teams in the Sweet 16 and raise a national championship banner in wrestling. That'd be a hell of a winter sports season for the Hawkeyes. Soak this up, guys. It's not often we're going to have things like this. It's not often we're going to be able to see guys like Garza and Bohannon, players like Caitlin Clark, and wrestlers like Spencer Lee bringing home national championships. Life is good in Hawkeye Nation, and I hope life is good in your world as well. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back Monday with a post-game reaction to the uh, hopeful win over Oregon and hopeful advancement to the Sweet 16 for the first time this century. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks!